Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Roz and Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. Hi, sis. I'm so excited to be back in front of the microphone with you this week. I hope that you had a wonderful week. And whether you're listening to this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, happy day, sis. Okay. So I am here to talk to y'all really quickly. I've done um, a couple episodes on this specific topic, but I just feel like I have gotten a fresh perspective on this topic in particular. Becoming a new mom has completely reshaped the way that I think about time with God. And so I wanted to do an episode for a couple of reasons to give you kind of this fresh view of uh, what I believe is time with God in my own experience, but also to let you know that I am doing a time with God challenge. So those of you that have probably followed me in the last year I have done this um, challenge it's a seven day time of God challenge and I've done this challenge five times and over 250 women have gone through this challenge so if you have followed me since last August you probably know nothing about this but I started this challenge 2019 in October I went on a fast um, and I was fasting to God about work actually And I remember hearing him tell me to teach people what I know about studying or spend time with, spending time with him. And I was kind of dumbfounded because, and I'll give context, that I didn't really understand at the time what it meant to kind of just get an idea from God and do stuff. Like I had had the podcast at that time, but I wasn't really like doing anything outside of that space. So for me, it was really hard to just get like this idea and you create something versus just like you're just doing stuff. And, and, and to kind of give context with this, I know my opinion and my experience and my time with God and what I have learned and spending time with him over the years, teaching that to someone felt very like, I had a lot of imposter syndrome. I had a lot of fear. I was thinking like, what if this is not valuable? What if people take the information and don't do anything with it? But every single time I have done the challenge and stepped out and did it, everybody always says the same thing like how much that blessed them I've had people come back to me years later as who've gone through it like the beginning and have said how much that still impacts them so because this is such an impactful challenge I felt like it was you know something I would just do and kind of let go and I was in a prayer a couple weeks ago and I remember just feeling on my heart the desire to do this again. And it wasn't something that I feel like I wanted to do because I had done it already. So it wasn't something that 
I felt like was needed because I was like, God, I can just, you know, I have the recordings and I felt this really huge burden to do it again. So here we are. So you'll hear about kind of some of that throughout this podcast episode. So stay tuned. But I really wanted to talk to y'all about spending time with God because I feel like we're in a time that is so we're so bombarded with a lot of despair and lack of hope and then we're all also going through our own things where we have you know fear in just a lot of ways with different things and it drives you to feel like where is God in all of this and for those of you that do feel like God is in all of this sometimes it's really kind of hard to focus on so much when you have your own when you're coming to God with really just a lot of the things that are on your heart and just what does that practically when I say practically what is the step-by-step ABC one two three way of incorporating time with him when we're busy when we're distracted when we're overwhelmed when we're coming and we're feeling like we're not getting anything out of the time or we get something out of the time but it also kind of feels like I want to feel this consistently and so I really want to talk to you about what I have learned over the years with, from doing this, but also really address this shame and guilt feeling. And when I'm talking about shame and guilt, I'm really talking about from a lot of the women that I've come in contact with and or who kind of cross paths with my podcast because my podcast is very much so focused on mental health. I've seen a pattern of a lot of women who have just an unhealthy view of God And I know that I can really attest to this because I've definitely had my experience with um, having just an unhealthy view of the Lord in the way that may be based in religion, maybe based in experiences that I've had with the way that I grew up. And all of these things tie into the way that we view our personal, individual relationship with God, not the way we view other people's relationship with him, because I'm not talking about that. And not even with that, but that can hit on a lot of insecurity and make you feel like, Am I even a Christian? Am I even doing what I should be doing? Am I even, quote unquote, doing enough for God? Or am I even his baby girl? Or am I, or you may not even look at yourself like you his baby girl. But, so I want to talk about all of those things. I want to talk about all of that today. So the first thing I'm going to touch on is the value of time with the Lord. So what I've recognized over the years of kind of just learning and picking up different things along the way of the value of the time with God is that and I'm going to also address this in a very practical way because y'all know I'm super super like simple I don't like to keep I don't like things to be complicated and I also feel like there's a lot of times we have these these nudges from God or we feel like he's talking to us but then we're also questioning is this me am I talking to myself is this not God like we question all the time so I'm going to kind of give this give you some language behind what this actually practically looks like so first and foremost over the years of when I have just built over my relationship with God, I've always always have felt when I have gotten too far away from my individual time, I always get these pushes or these nudges or these taps on the shoulder, I call it from Holy Spirit. And it's always like pulling me to a quiet space. And I and I describe it as this almost desire to get quiet, desire to pull away from social media, desire to uh, wake up early in the morning and just kind of get with God or, or stay up late in the evening and spend time with God. And it's almost like I can't rec- I can't escape it. Um, however, in times past where I have some time with God and I may have felt like I was really distracted. I have felt like I didn't 
really get anything from my time with him or I'm reading and I'm kind of not understanding and it just kind of feels like it doesn't make sense to me. I have pulled away and felt like, well, maybe I'm just not a good enough kid or maybe I'm just not a good enough child. And so I've recognized that these pools are, are many times God just trying to get me back quiet and back grounded. I think grounding has a lot to do with us being anchored and us being at a place where we understand that in order for us to really do anything, we have to have some center point. It's almost like when you go off to college or you go away to another place, your anchor point always is home. Your anchor point is always a place where you grew up. You just recognize who you are in those in that place. That may not be the thing for you, but for me, that's that's how I view it. And so what I've learned is value of time with God also lets me be able to recognize God's spirit more. It's not in just my quiet time that I get to experience the fullness of my relationship with God. I get to experience him consistently. And I've told clients this in the past when I've done stuff for show ups is that God is omnipresent. He is not a you're just in this one time quiet time with me. And this is all the only time you get to experience me. You get to experience me in every aspect of your life because I am omnipresent. So time with him helps me understand God's character. It helps me understand the value of bringing everything to him. It helps me understand the aspect of repentance and worship of where I can lay everything out. But it also makes me understand the sensitivity to his spirit. Because when you get in time with God, you under you get to experience his presence. And you get to experience what it feels like to be with him. It's a very like loving feeling and sometimes can be, you know, you get checked. But then there are also times where you really feel just a quiet sense of peace. And that is always where I have viewed when I feel that peace consistently, that I am really, really at a place where I am understanding God's spirit even more. And so the value of this is that when you consistently do it, you then recognize the personality and characteristics of who God is. Just the same way if you spent time in a relationship with someone, and when you spend consistent time with them, you know their traits, you know how they talk, you know how they are, all of those things. The problem is that because we live in such a distracted world, we are consistently taken out of that quiet space all the time to where sometimes we don't even recognize what God's spirit feels like because we've been pulled away from that place consistently. And so if this is you or this is someone who or you where you have had good seasons before and you say to yourself, well, I don't I'm not in that good season anymore. That doesn't mean just because you were there in the past that you can't begin to have that good season where you are now. We cannot rely on old places. And we also have to recognize that the value of this time is so, so important. And so in this chaotic time that we live in. Value and spending time with God is so, so important. It is not just this thing where it's a hammer, you know, being like banged on your head of you got to do this. You got to do this to check off like a checkbox. It is also our lifelines who help us stay grounded and help us to understand the sensitivity to Holy Spirit and to recognize God's spirit, even when we're overwhelmed, feeling not hopeful, all of these things. But going into this, sometimes we feel an aspect of shame and guilt. We can get into busy seasons where we don't really have the time, where our time is taken up with so many things. We may have kids, all of this. So there's an aspect of this where we feel a huge amount of guilt, where if I don't spend time with God, I'm guilty. I feel bad. I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like I'm not um, consistent enough. I'm not um, disciplined enough. I'm, I don't 
know how to find time to spend with him and so we really beat ourselves up upside the head because of this which further draws this full cycle of us being pushed away in our relationship with him which i'll explain in a second then on the other lens of this is this aspect of shame where it's like you should have would have could have like you should have did this you should have spent time with god today you should have did this and then you almost get mad at yourself and get angry with yourself when you don't do it which further drives this aspect of shame and guilt and so what that shame and guilt does is it makes you feel like it either does a couple of things it makes you view god in a negative light meaning why would you allow me to get so far away from you or why would why am i like this god it also can make you feel as if <clears throat> your relationship and times in the past didn't matter that those things don't matter to the to the lord in the time you have actually spent with him that it doesn't matter the time you've built over time but it also can make you feel as if that you are not a good enough christian so you might as well go and give up on god which then drives us to do all these other things which gets into driving into other areas that quote-unquote make us feel good or we see the other people in the world and they're quote-unquote manifesting all these things and they're doing all these things and they're accomplishing all these things I must do what they're doing and it drives us away from our hope in God it drives us away from our Christian faith and it drives us away from actually believing in who God is and so with that being said this grounding of time with him is so valuable that is it literally again becomes our lifeline and help us understand who God is so in just kind of giving an aspect of who God is so going into aspects of understanding of who you are in God first and foremost before we even get into the nitty-gritty of this is we need to understand that at the core of who we are our identity is that we are God's daughters and so for my parents who understand this in a very very understanding light your child is your child there's nothing that can separate you from being your parent. For Oh, that's a good Lord. And I didn't even think about that. There's nothing that can separate you from being your child's parent. You are tied to them by blood, by looks. Everything that you are is tied to this child. And so there's nothing that can separate you from this kid. Additionally with that, when your baby girl or baby boy literally looks at you or smiles at you or or just laughs with you or has this happiness or this connection with you the joy you feel in your heart with that even though you might be slightly annoyed with them the joy you feel in your heart knowing that that child is adored with you is the same feeling that God feels with us and so who we are in him at the core before we get into all this other stuff that separates us from him is at the core of who we are we are his kids and so when I think of Elijah, I think of just when I look at him or I want to make him laugh or any of these things, I am wanting and desiring at all times to have connection with my child. I want deep connection with my son, no matter how old he is. Right now he's eight months. He doesn't halfway understand nothing I say, but at the core of everything that I do, I desire connection with him. This is the same way that God desires connection with us. It doesn't matter what we say, what we do. If he messes up, if he falls down, if he hurts himself, if he's going for a cord when he knows he shouldn't be crawling towards cord, at the core of anything that I do with my son, I'm always desiring connection with him. And so when we look at this perspective, it doesn't matter. And this is why people say it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you've gotten. Every Everything that we do, God desires connection with us. And so before we get off from him and this is why his love for us always draws us back we have to understand that we at the end of this 
we are his children. So I'm going to give you a quick scripture that talks about condemnation and what this drawing back to God looks like in a very, very basic understanding. So I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians 7.10. 2 Corinthians 7.10. Actually, I'm going to start with verse 9. So starting in verse 9, 2 Corinthians 7 and 9. Now I am glad I'm glad I sent it. This is Paul talking about he sent a severe letter to the church of Corinth. And he said, now I'm glad I sent it. Not because it hurts you, but because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways. That was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have. So you were not harmed by us in any way. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us from sin and results in salvation. There is no regret for that kind of sorrow, but worldly sorrow lacks repentance and results in spiritual death. I'm going to read the verse 10 again, but the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us from sin and results in salvation. There is no regret that, that there is no regret for that kind of sorrow, but worldly sorrow, which, which lacks repentance results in spiritual death. Okay. I'm going to break this down for you because it's so good to me, sis. So essentially what Paul is saying when he was writing this letter to them in verse eight, it says, I'm sorry that I sent that severe letter to you, though I was sorry at first, for I know it was painful to you for a while. In verse nine, he says, for I'm glad I sent it, not because it hurts you, but because the pain it caused you to repent and change your ways. When you know you are far off from God in some way, shape or form, there is always a desire to get back to him. I don't care what it feels. You can be as mad as you want to be at him, sis, because I have been there before. But there is there is something about when I finally get into the Lord's presence and I finally sit before him with all of my stuff and I say how I feel the desire and the earning, the yearning and the feeling of just I'm back in this place leads me back to him to say, God, I'm sorry that I walked away from you. It leads me back to the place of God, I'm sorry I did this. God, it leads me back to the place to God, I'm sorry that I talk so bad to this person. It leads you to a place of repentance. So with repentance, and I'm going to break this down for you again, because the scripture says for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. This is in the King James version. So repentance in the Greek because I'm going to break this down in the Greek. So for those of you that don't know, the Bible was written in Greek and Hebrew when it was first written and then was later translated into the English in the, into the into English. Some of the words in the Bible mean different things in the original language in which it was written first. So, a lot of times I'll study when I study the Bible which you'll learn when you join the Time of God challenge in the Greek because I want to understand what is the meaning of this word. So I looked up what repentance meant in the Greek, and this is what it said. It said a changed mind as it appears to one who repents of a purpose he has formed or something has done. So essentially what God is doing when we are experiencing some level of sorrow and then we turn back to him or we come back to him or we bring everything back to him or we experience some form of rejection and then we come back to him is when we repent, we are changing our mind. We are changing the way we're thinking. We're changing it back to, I want to be before you, not I want to be away from you. I don't want to be drawn away for the purpose of, and this is why when the Bible talks about having a renewed mind, 
coming back to God, his whole purpose is for us to understand that. And I don't believe that he wishes bad on us, but I do believe that he helps us to know that because we have free will and we can choose whatever we do, that we can only get so far. That there is not going to be too much of a ledge he's going to let us get off of before he's like, you got to come back to me. Because in the world, you quote unquote feel good for a minute, but then there's always something that lets you know that this is not going to last. This is not an everlasting feeling. There is, even if you feel outwardly quote unquote validation from people or things or materialistic things or whatever you feel personal validation or relationship inside of you, there is always red flags going up. There's always an unctioning of don't do that. Come back, turn away. Don't do this. Not in shame, but in more so teaching. And I say this because when the disciples always came to came to Jesus, Jesus didn't scorn them for asking bad questions or asking questions like they were like, why are you leaving us out here to die? Or why is why are they doing that? He always brought it up in a way that helped teach them. Most of everything that Jesus did, the parables, all of the references of the the things that he gave stories on were always teaching from disciple the disciples asking questions. So when God is drawing us back to him, he's not drawing us back to him for the purpose of scorning us, but he's drawing us back to him for the purpose of trying to teach us. This is why you did this. This is the comfort you were trying to feel when you were rejected. This is what you may have experienced. But a lot of times we don't know those questions until we get in front of him. We don't know we need those answers until we start to search the scriptures. We don't know we need those answers until we may be listening to a sermon that hits us. We don't know because in our hearts, in our hearts, we dislike God. In our hearts, when we're away, we're like, I don't want nothing to do with you. But when we're in front of him, I want to give you everything. So the sorrow that Paul is talking about is that sorrow of, I need to get back in front of my father. And so when he's talking about godly sorrow leads to repentance and that worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, leads to death. Worldly sorrow is when everybody out here and their mama doing whatever they want to do, doing everything that's not under the sun for the Lord. Amen. And I, when I say that, I don't mean that it's like they're bad people, but just essentially being lost, just being lost. And I've been lost multiple times having to come back to God. And so with that being said, when you're lost, this is what happens. This is what happens. And so I looked up what death meant in the Greek and it said this, this is death of the body, that separation of the soul and the body of which the life on earth has ended. So actual death. <clears throat> It also means, um, let me look at the misery of the soul arising from sin, which begins on earth, but lasts an increase after death of the body in hell. Okay. So actual misery, uh, the miserable state. So actually having misery in your heart and feeling so sad, so overwhelmed, this feeling of where people on the outwardly, they're claiming that they are, they're okay, but inside they feel sorrow inside they feel like nothing is right and I will tell you most of the and this is why people who are rich they like talk about how unhappy they are because none of those things equate to actual being grounded and I'm not talking about rich people not being happy because there are godly rich people who are grounded but I say that to say like 
These things come from this drawing and turning back to the Lord. A repentance is simply asking for forgiveness and understanding that God lets it go. And he, and he moves on. We don't have to hold on to our, the things we've done, hold on to our past or hold on to the things that we're holding on to out of the sake of trying to prove to God that we're sorry. Like once you ask for forgiveness and you're seriously about working to turn, you don't have to continue to hold on to that thing. And so in going back to this, the point of this is you who you are in God at the end of the day is his daughter. It doesn't mean you have to do anything more. You don't have to do anything more, but genuinely build relationship because at the end of the day, you are his daughter. Now, what does relationship look like, Rosalind? Relationship looks like what it, what I'm describing, spending time. We don't have to overcomplicate this and make it seem as if somebody else is better than you. Who, girl, I will tell y'all in a minute. I said this to somebody the other day. My 20s owe me nothing nothing i'm 31 now praise god and my 20s owe me nothing why because baby girl was out here doing doing everything okay and when i say everything like girl like drinking and partying and all this kind of stuff but i was not happy <laughs> like even though i was doing those things i was not happy and even at the time was seeking god but just was not internally happy and so I learned very quickly, especially over the last three, four years, really building my relationship with God, that those things did not make me happy. They were fun in the moment because sin is fun. But at the end of the day, I did not have a wholeness. I don't have to do that stuff to feel whole. I can really just go kick it with my husband and be happy. But I say that to say like, there are times where it drew me back. There were so many times where it was just like I went off too long and came back to God. Went off too long and came back to God. and wasn't really grounded. Didn't have and understand the fullness of relationship. So when I say don't overcomplicate this, God will convict you. You will be convicted. You will be at a place where you're like, I got to turn. I got to shift. And it really wasn't until I went to therapy and I understood my trauma. I understood my rejection. I understood disappointment. I understood what triggered me. I understood why I felt the way I did. I understood why I was doing this. I could get that from God. But there was something different about when I really, really did the work emotionally. And there are a lot of people who say they're not ready to do that. And that's fine. You can't fear. You can only fear doing the work for so long before you're really like, I have to do what I got to do. And so having this specific um, understanding of who you are in God is so important. And you only get that from spending time with him. It does not have to be this overthought process. Y'all relationship is literally relationship is spending time. However, there are seasons. So I give I give definitely credit to, you know, like I just had Elijah and my time with God was all over the place. It was never like every day. It was very inconsistent. And there were times where there were weeks that I didn't pick up my Bible, not out of sheer breaking my routine, but just out of the season I was in. And I feel like we have to understand that there is grace for different seasons. So like for people who might have lost a parent or lost someone due, due to COVID, there's a grace that happens when you go through different times where you really do experience a covering where 
God understands that you are experiencing this level of trauma or this level of grief or this level of disappointment in some way. And so that your time with him may look different. It may be just you crying. It may just be you not having really a lot of words to say. Maybe you just picking, not picking up your Bible, but just being before him. And so I think we have to understand that there are seasons and everything, especially during busy seasons and really listening to the Holy Spirit about what that looks like. And so overall, how we having time with God is valuable and how we drive our time with him is super important. And so I really want to help you understand that um, in a very practical way. I feel like and, and part of my heart for this is I really don't believe that there is anything I, I've seen ever made with before with the time with God challenge but I really want to practically in a very simple way teach you this and teach you what it means to actually spend time with the Lord and so if you are interested please 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 go to the link in the show notes um, or go to rosamrenee.com and sign up for the seven day time with God challenge it is Sunday August 29th 2021 to Saturday September 4th 2021 and in that seven day challenge I'm going to be teaching you a ton of different things but to just kind of give you context of what the time with God challenge is in the challenge you will learn how to prioritize quiet time with God I will teach you what it means to what to read in your quiet time because that was something a lot of women said that they struggle with they just get in front of their word and they're like I don't really know what to read I don't really know what to read I'm also going to teach you how to study the bible so I'm going to give you a plethora of different ways in which you can actually study the bible that's not just picking it up and reading it me people approach approach the bible in a way that's like this is a big book that's confusing but in a lot of ways it can be very descriptive meaning giving you stories but it also can be very prescriptive which means it treats things it helps you with things it gives you context of things and so I really want to explain that to you and give you some give you a plethora of different tools that you can use to study the bible and if you're someone who doesn't understand it i want to help you understand like you don't have to understand it to start um you don't have to be a bible scholar to start sis okay and then i also want to help you um with practical tips to overcome the distractions in your quiet time so when you actually get 20 minutes to yourself how you can actually then spend time with him in a very very easy way that's not distracted again 250 women have completed this challenge and in the way that i'm going to do this is we'll do two live classes one will be on sunday and one will be on wednesday in the sunday class i will teach you how to prioritize time and have a relationship with god and then on wednesday i will be teaching you how to study the bible and how to know what to read during your quiet time additionally with that we'll have prayer calls in the morning time we'll also have a private um, accountability group that only the ladies that are in the uh, challenge will be a part of and then you'll also have free giveaways I'm doing a ton of giveaways if you participate in the challenge fully which I'll talk about in the Sunday class so everyone that participates in the challenge will understand what I mean by the giveaways and participation in the challenge so there are two options to join the challenge um, if you go to my website you'll get to see both options but you'll be able to have an option where you get access to everything in the challenge. And then the other option, you get access to everything in the challenge plus the recordings. And I'm going to give you a free ebook with a list of every Bible app devotion that I love. Um, you'll also get a list of book resources. So books, if you're someone that doesn't really understand the Bible and you want to just kind of read books as your time with him, that can be signified as time with God. Um, I'll give you a list of books as well as a list of sermons that I've just collected over the years um, that I have really, really enjoyed. 
on a plethora of different topics. So you'll get that if you join under option two. Now, you can only, you only have until, I believe, I think I'm going to extend it until Friday. Friday, August, what day is Friday? August 27th. You have until August 27th to sign up. Um, after that, it's closed. I'm closing it off. And I would not really wait because people forget and you don't want to procrastinate. So if you are a procrastinator, go ahead and just sign up today. If you are a procrastinator, just go ahead and sign up today. Don't wait. Don't don't because you'll be people have emailed me every every single time I do this challenge. Somebody emails me asking me, can they register? Can they register? Please do not procrastinate. If you hear me say this and you have the moment, go ahead and just go to the link and sign up. It probably will take you no more than two minutes to sign up. It is not a drawn out process. Um, So go to go ahead and go to the link to sign up. That is going to be the best way. I promise you, sis, I will pour everything I have into you. And everybody that has gone through this challenge has always said they enjoy it. So if you resonated with what I'm talking about, if you felt like you experienced the guilt and the shame, I will literally share all of my tea with you. Um, you got this in a 30 minute podcast. Imagine what you would get in a week span of time being able to hear about this. So definitely go to the link in the show notes or go to rosalrenee.com if you are interested. And I can't wait to pour into you. And if you enjoyed this podcast, definitely share it with a friend, share it with someone you love. Um, And I love you, sis. And I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.